to chew the Bible. It's your good friend A.A. Ron. Man, I just looked to see where we're at and then I lost it that quick. Hold on a second, y'all. We are in Psalm 86, I believe. Yeah, Psalm 86. There we go. I'm trying to wait for this water to cool down just a tad bit. It's pretty hot. Uh, ooh, yeah, that's hot. I'm going to let it cool down just a little bit more. Man. Ooh. Yeah. I really need to do this every single night. That way, keep the calluses away. I've been putting some sports tape. I tape my toes up. I remember when I played basketball, there was guys on there was one guy on my team, Stimson. Ben Stimson, I'll never forget him. He was a big old six five country looking well no, he wasn't country like he was like an all American strong as an ox white boy. He could dunk. Anyway, he uh our coaches used to tape his feet up like before games a lot. I never had my te- my feet taped up at all during my entire high school career. And I remember I used to get blisters on like, my big toes. But I never asked, like, hey, can you take my feet up? Now, like, I know why people take their feet up. Something about the friction. Even though my feet, shoes feet fit pretty well, there's still, like, a little friction and rubbing that happens when I'm walking. Anyway, enough about my feet. Winks. I want to talk about winks real quick. Today was an interesting day because I, I don't know if y'all remember in Psalm 84, in the Tony Evans notes, He said at the bottom, prioritizing God's presence through his word is a means of finding. Oh, no, my bad. Where would it say? His note down here said, uh, Asaph prays earnestly that God would deal with Israel's present enemies just as he had dealt with their past enemies. Each of those Asaph names had oppressed Israel during the days of the judges. They sought to subdue God's people and take the land he had given them. You can go back and read Judges chapter 4 and 6. Oh, I feel like I heard my phone buzz. No, I was hoping it would buzz, but it didn't. Anyway, make sure. Yeah, do not disturb his own. Yeah, that's good. Uh, not that I'm expecting any phone calls, but just in case. Uh, all right, my bad. All right, he says, let us seize God's pastors for ourselves. This, however, that's a line from Psalm 83. This, however, was pure foolishness. Though the Lord at times judged Israel by giving its land to others, the land was never taken from him. One may as well try to seize a cub from a mother grizzly. So remember I was talking about like a mother bear, like, We try to take what belongs to God, especially or attack God's people, his children, the children of Israel, even though he might have gotten upset with them at times over some of the choices they made and going falling back into idolatry and just being ungrateful. He still is very protective over his children, just like a mother bear is. So anyway, on my I only did two batches today. And uh, on the second batch that I did that contained three deliveries, anyway, I went to Hy-Vee and I saw a van that had one of those mother bear stickers on the back, like her mama bear, 
I don't know if just pay I pay attention to a lot of stuff that thing that people probably don't pay attention to, but like license plates a lot, numbers, observing people's shirts and stuff throughout the day. Yeah. That was on my second delivery, so yeah, a mama bear sticker and it just made me think of God today, just um yeah, he's protective over me like a like a mama bear would. Uh that's a cool thing because some people try to say, you know, God is a woman or whatever, and I don't necessarily believe that. Um, or he would say that throughout his word and God wouldn't be referred to as a he a lot. But I do feel like like the Holy Spirit especially has a lot of women type, womanly, feminine qualities. And so um, I won't go into, you know, my theology on that. But I just figured I'd say that. Um, what else happened? Oh, as I was leaving my counseling session, uh, one of the couples at our church who leads one of the classes that's leading the soul care class, they I saw on the back of their Jeep, they had that they had one of those. I believe it was a jeep yeah and it had you know how jeeps have a wheel a spare tire on the back and they'll put like a cover over it so they had one of those like tire covers and it said on there not all who are lost not all who wander are lost and it made me think of um that i was just talking about that i was just talking about that on this podcast um that scripture psalm you record all my wanderings yes psalm 56 8 how he records all of our wanderings or some of the other translations say you record all of our miseries and or you track keep track of all of our sorrows so when i see that when i read that scripture I, i i personally believe he keeps track of all of our sorrows past present and future because with god there is no time he stands outside of time so and all of our days have been written in his book so he already knows the wanderings or the sorrows we're going to experience in this life and just seeing that on the back of their jeep it just once again is like another wink from god like yeah just because and a lot of times when we're wandering or we're going through sorrow or um all right, this one translation in the ESV says you kept you keep kept count of my tossings. And then next it says you put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Just the main thing is God sees you. He sees every detail of your life. He knows how knows how everything is going to play out. The only thing we really have control over in this life is how we um our thankfulness to God and how we include him in our day-to-day our attitude toward him and uh learning to completely trust him and depend on him this like to me the whole life purpose of life is learning to trust god and develop an intimate relationship with him and then taking that intimate relationship vertically and um taking it horizontally to loving others so And that's that's the harder part, because, yeah, a lot of us it's easy to be like, it's just me and Jesus, just me and Jesus. And 
I try to avoid going to church and being a part of um, a body or a congregation because so many people have experienced church hurt. We talked about that in my, I went to a, a little class tonight at my church where we are uh, going over this book that our pastor wrote called Rhythm of a Captured Heart. It's a really good book. Um, anyway, where is it going with all that? Oh, yeah, the other interesting thing I saw today. I've been seeing this at the beginning of my deliveries, like first thing in the morning. It, has, it doesn't happen every day, but it's been happening a lot in the last couple of weeks where I'll see a blind person. Whenever I see a blind person, it just reminds me of the fact that we're all technically blind in some type of way, especially spiritually. And we need the Lord's guidance to order our steps. Um, and just like I was talking about in Proverbs 3, 5, 6, how uh, that part where it says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he will direct our paths. So I was just seeing that blind woman and she went to the bathroom and was trying to find her way. And just, this just amazes me that God even, that's just a miracle in itself that a blind person can get around right without being like even having a CNI dog or a um a person with her it was weird too because I didn't see anybody with her so I'm thinking to myself how did she get here and I feel like I've seen that woman walking down the street before just and I'm like I if I were in her condition pray to God I'd never have to deal with that um I would I would be kind of afraid to leave the house. Um, especially if I weren't born blind. I like developed it over time, whatever. <sighs> anyway, yeah. So anyway, whenever I see a blind person, it just reminds me of like how much for me it's kind of like a wink from God, just like how much we need him to actually see. Uh, and how all of us walking around who think we can see, we really can't see unless we're going to bump into things without the Lord's help. Like when, and when Paul was blinded on the road to Damascus, he was actually given vision because before he was actually blind before he got blinded. Anyway, I've said that so many times, but I feel like I need to say it again. I'm just going to say a quick prayer because I feel like my heart is a little heavy. Tonight, I am dealing with a lot of just um, emotions over um, tomorrow. I'm going to be applying for my own place and just some emotions related to seeing my kids and um, related to reaching back out to their mother to let them know that, hey, I have my own place now and whenever you're ready and just kind of fear over like, oh, what if she says, oh, we already have summer plans, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And then they do activities. So like wondering how that's all going to work out. Just just like the lady, at my friend at church today, this older lady, Cindy, she talked about like the importance of well, something she does when she feels overwhelmed with stuff is just putting all of it into her hands, cupping her hands and putting it all into her hands and saying, here you go, Lord. I'm giving this to you. So I'm going to do it right now. Heavenly Father, I give you just my relationship with the kids. Uh, all these fears and concerns and worries I have about will I be, yeah, just 
the place being nice for them and um, how to furnish for even furnish it, God. And so it doesn't look completely like a bachelor lives there, but and just um, even coming up with fun things for the kids to do. And will I be able to handle such big responsibilities and the girl's hair? Because I don't know how to do hair. Uh <laughs> Just um, and also just their activities and coordinating things with their mom and just having good communi- communication with their mom and stepdad and rebuilding trust with them. And just, yeah, being consistent with child support and just the financial provision, being able to stay on top of that while also now paying rent and just all the miscellaneous expenses that come along with being a grown up. <laughs> I just give it all to you, Lord, and I lay it at your feet. I just say, yeah, I put it all in my hands and I lay it at your feet. I give you even just these desires to be married again and just thinking in my head, this may be a whole nother year long process of of subduing those urges that I get from time to time. And even though I've been strong for like the last few weeks to a month, Lord, I I know those urges come in waves. And so and not just for relations, Lord, but also <laughs> for just like, yeah, companionship and being able to just tell somebody I love them and have them tell me they love me and just having developing these, you know, inside jokes and just having a best friend and uh, a companion that you really you think about throughout your day and completing each other's sentences and just somebody to grow old with lord i'm looking forward to that so anyway lord just lay all what else do i need to put in these hands oh yeah this tax situation i still need to handle this fraud situation with my credit card that happened um that still hasn't still waiting to hear back from the lady on that (sighs) the random attacks of the enemy that come to cause me to be afraid and and just kind of just overall concerned about my mind at times anyway lord anxieties i just give it all to you lord i give you the roof at our church system process of being repaired pray that that goes well thank you for all the people that are going to be coming into the sanctuary lord and receiving healing and restoration the way I've been blessed and restored and healed. Uh, I look forward to just telling my testimony how much I've experienced your hands and feet at that church and just it be really being a healing place, just like they say it is. Um, I look forward to the day when people come to our church when they go to actual hospitals or mental health hospitals. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you're raising up doctors and physicians within the church lord occupational therapists within the church (laughs) thank you for that god um and thank you for my friend once again pray for favor as she goes to look at this house that it will just that your hands will be all on it she would just sense your presence and that god just just if it's your will for her to you said if we ask anything in your name, according to your will, then you will basically do it. I'm paraphrasing, Lord, but yes, do it for my friend and for her children. That we have a home and a neighborhood 
where they can thrive. In Jesus' mighty, precious name, I pray. Amen. All right. 15 minutes later. 16 minutes later. What did I say? Psalm 86. Psalm 86. Usah. Lament and petition. A prayer of David. Listen, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Ain't that the truth? I can relate, David. Can I say poor in a word that rhymes with needy? Starts with an H. All right. Protect my life, for I am faithful. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy. Yep. Bring joy to your servant's life, because I appeal to you, Lord. For you, Lord, are kind and ready to forgive. Abounding in faithful love to all who call on you. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea for mercy. I call on you in the day of my distress, for you will answer me. Lord, there is no one like you among the gods, and there are no works like yours. All the nations have made, all the nations you have made will come and bow down before you, Lord, and will honor your name, for you are great and perform wonders. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, and I will live by your truth. Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. That's a good prayer. Teach me your way, Lord, and I will live by your truth. Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. That's a good prayer if you're dealing with any type of mental health or you feel like you have multiple personality disorder or you have multiple voices going on in your mind and you just need or you're dealing with bipolar schizophrenia whatever you need the lord to quiet your mind go to this verse right here psalm 86 11 teach me your way lord and i will live by your truth give me an undivided mind to fear your name there's so much power in that so a divided mind or there's that one scripture that says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So if you have a divided mind, like fear and faith can't exist in the same time. So in the same space. So either you're filled with faith and hope that God is going to come through in your situation. Or you're filled with fear and worry and anxiety that God is not going to come through. So every time fear, worry, anxiety, panic want to come up, the best practice to do is go to word scriptures like this or phrases that you come up with or some people like in the new age, they call, call them mantras. But I like to use mantras that are rooted in the word of God and quoting scripture and say, yes, God, give me an undivided mind right now and that I will fear your name or reverence your name or realize that you are bigger than my problem right now. You're bigger than my worry. You're bigger than all these things that you know I'm anxious about right now or concerned about. And you've come through for me in the past and you're going to come th through for me 
and moment by moment. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Sometimes that's all the prayer you can say is, Lord, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. I don't understand, but I trust you. When have you ever failed me? When have you ever failed me? When have you ever failed me? Lord, you get the glory every time I can boast in your name, every time I can boast in your goodness. All right, verse 12. I will praise you with all my heart, Lord my God, and I will honor your name forever. For your faithful love for me is great. I'm going to put great memory. Verse for mental health. For your faithful love for me is great, and you rescue my life from the depths of Sheol. It's interesting. We had a, uh, or the place of the dead. I had an interesting conversation with my counselor today about Sheol and hell and that whole concept. And anyway, uh, it was it was giving me goosebumps. But at the end of it, I felt encouraged. Like. And scriptures like this encourage me, like, you rescue my life from the depths of Sheol. Um, I've said this before. Hell is a, as far as I understand, is a place that no one wants to go, filled with fire and brimstone and eternal lake of fire. But you can, and I don't fully understand how it all works, but you can be experiencing actually hell, hell on earth, um, where it feels like you are in the depths or on the border of, of actual hell. And I'm not, I look forward to, as we keep reading, going deeper into some of the theology related to hell and heaven. I know it's kind of like a, a hard topic to discuss, for, even for myself. But it is something that, as believers, we should at least have some understanding of so that we are more um, bold in our witness to others like hey not only do you want not want to experience eternal damnation but you like you don't want to experience it here and yes christians like some people might say but look at paul like he got whooped and he got whipped and um thrown in prison several times and was shipwrecked his life was not all peachy and roses after he had his conversion experience on the road to damascus some people might say that he was experiencing hell on here on earth but the difference between his experience and and a non-believer is he actually knew who was on his side he knew where his eternal resting place was he knew that the things that he was doing mattered in eternity. So any experience, bad experiences he was having, he knew it was just nothing but the enemy coming against him, right? In opposition to spreading forth the gospel. And so he actually counted it all joy he um, to experience all those things. Um, he, there's a scripture he talks about how it was... Uh, trying to think of the word uh, a pleasure or a uh, what is the word uh, a 
a privilege to suffer for the sake of Christ, for the sake of the gospel. Anyway, I look forward to, once again, getting to the New Testament. All right, verse 14. God, God, arrogant people have attacked me. A gang of ruthless men intends to kill me. They do not let you guide them. They do not let them guide you. You the guiding, they do not, they do not let you guide them. So what does it say? Or it says they do not set you in front of them. So you either in this life, you're either being guided by Jesus or you're being guided by the devil. There's only two guides in this world. All right. Verse 15. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, isn't he? Isn't he? Our pastor was talking about that on Sunday, how two people, somebody in Kansas City and somebody in California, can it be experiencing two different lives? You know, somebody's out there in the beautiful beach, beaches of California, and I'm over here in uh, <laughs> what some people call misery, Missouri. A lot of, we get a lot of overcast days. It's not always sunny the way it is in Cali. Um, but even though we might be experiencing two different realities, right? God is over, God is sovereign over those two realities and his grace and his mercy and his abounding love and compassion are available and present in California just as, as much as it is in Kansas City. So it's universal, available to anyone. There's more I could say about that, but I'm keep going. But you, Lord, are compassionate and gracious, and you are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding, and abounding in faithful love and truth. That's a good memory verse. Whenever you feel like God has turned his back on you or is being silent or doesn't see your trouble, throw the scripture at him. Throw it up. Say, yeah, say, but you, Lord, that goes another butt in the Bible. I love butts in the Bible. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save. Turn to me. Be gracious to me. There's that one scripture that talks about draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. As we can see here, part of drawing near to God is like actually saying, God, hey, God, God, getting his attention. Like, I don't know, I picture like your parent when a kid is like, mom, mom, mommy, and they're cooking or whatever. And you're like, it's like you're the parent sees that the child is there and knows the child has a need, but. Sometimes you really got to, like, get their attention for them to, like, answer you and focus on you. Uh, I don't know why God does this. Why? Yeah. I mean, in reality, he's very attentive to us. But something about in relating to him, he likes when we do that whole mom, mommy, mommy, and keep begging and asking, seeking, knocking. I don't get it. I don't know why it's that way. But it's something about in growing your relationship with him. All right. At some point, the Lord will make a lot of this stuff plain to me. And if he doesn't, 
it's not the end of the world. I don't need to understand it all. All I'm called to do is trust him. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the son of your female servant. Hmm. Why do you say that? Put a question mark. Show me a sign of your goodness. My enemies will see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped and comforted me. All right, I'm going to read these notes and then say a quick prayer. I'm going to do one more recording before I go to bed. David affirms his need for God. I am poor and needy. His submission to God. I am faithful in his dependence on God. Your servant trust in you. He is confident of God's character and knows the Lord is kind and ready to forgive. Likewise, in your times of need, deal with any known sin in your life and appeal to God's character. I was talking, saying that to my counselor, how whenever I've been involved in any type of sexual sin, like masturbation, pornography, whatever, it really, the biggest problem with it is like, I don't feel as close to the Lord, even though I know he's there. There's like this lack of intimacy and I feel like a lack of power. It's almost like a kryptonite. And so... I know the guy still loves me when, even when I do wrong things or bad things. Um, there's something, it's almost like a child. Yeah, I used to have this friend who had a white cat and their white cat would go out into the yard and get dirty all the time. And this friend would have to clean up the cat. Uh, whenever we'd go outside and clean up, I mean, I mean, and get dirty, whatever. And um, I don't know, there's so many different directions I can go with that analogy, but repentance, part of repentance is just going to, because God is a holy, he's a pure God. And yeah, something about being entering into his presence requires a, a clean heart and a pureness to us. And so, but like, it's the Lord that does the cleaning and the purity, purifying. So he just wants us to come to him and allow him to purify. It's kind of like when you would come home, I remember I would come inside, I would be playing basketball for hours outside in the hot sun. And my mom would, and I'd be all, mom would be like, oh, you stink. And I never, I knew better than to just go up to my mom and just hug her when I'm stinky. Um... Even though I'm not, I'm not saying God won't hug us when we're not stink, when we're stinky. What I'm ultimately saying is like the Lord wants to be the one to purify us and clean us up, and there's a close intimacy that we can have when we repent of our sins, turn to Him, bring Him our problems, and um, yeah, and then bring our requests before Him and watch Him. I don't even the concept, even though I've read the Bible multiple times about repentance and all these scriptures, there's a lot about repentance that I don't fully understand, like or how things work when it comes to obeying the Lord and the blessings that come from obeying him and repenting and intimacy with the Lord. David is the best example I have on repentance. Um, 
dude did some wild stuff. Yeah, he had this intimacy and closeness with the Lord to where, yeah, despite all the bad things that he was involved, had been involved in, he knew the Lord was for him and he was close to him and he still experienced God's blessings and restoration and favor and protection. That's what I'm trying to say. A lot of times, kind of, all right, here we go. I just had a revelation. Like, remember in the garden when Adam and Eve, when they first sinned, was the first thing they did? They put on sackcloth. Or, no, not sackcloth. Figs and, um, not fig. They put on fig leaves. They put, they cover themselves. They make clothes for themselves, right? And they were no longer naked. Um, and they realized their nakedness. And they were trying to hide and they hid from the Lord. So whenever we sin, it's not so much that God is like, how could you do that? You know, our earthly parent, our our um, understanding of God a lot of times comes from how we related to our parents. So for me, yeah, the only time I really got my parents, our, we got our parents' attention is when we did something wrong. Like their full on feelings and emotions and attention was when we did something bad. Right. And we would get punished have privileges taken away or got spank, you know, discipline, spankings. God isn't that way. Like he has a way of knowing how to discipline each and every one of us in our own, in our, in his own way, or just allowing things to happen in our lives to get our attention and go back to him. But he's never like, how could you do that? You've done this for the hundredth time, the thousandth time. You, you should know better. He's like, just like my friend with the white cat. Come here. I think that cat's name was... Alvino, which is like a brand of sugar or something like that, white sugar. <laughs> I think it was Alvino, Alvino. Anyway, come here about Alvino. Let me clean you up again. <laughs> you know, God is willing, but like our sin is what causes us to not want to go back to him and seep further and further into sin and distance ourselves from the flock and other Christians and feel like we're not worthy or yeah so that's how I think of repentance it's like an opportunity to like experience the closeness and intimacy with the Lord with no shame no fear no worry and then you can help others who have run from the Lord and who need to be cleaned and washed and purified so you don't stinketh all right, David asked the Lord to teach him so that he could have an undivided mind to follow him rather than trying to pursue two conflicting ways to live. This kind of single-minded devotion to God leads to obedience. I will live by your truth and worship. I will praise you. The prideful person lives life from his own limited, distorted viewpoint. The humble person, by contrast, lives life from God's heavenly righteous viewpoint. David appeals to God's righteous character that he revealed to Moses. See Exodus 34, 6. This God of compassion, grace, faithful love, and truth was available to Moses. He was available to, he was available to David, and he's available to you. We used to sing that song when I was a kid in church. At, I said the wrong name last time. It wasn't Harvest. It was called, we did go to a church called Harvest at one point. But the church we went to when I was like in third grade up until like eighth grade was called St. Louis Christian Center. 
It was, yeah, St. Louis Christian Center and World Outreach Center. SLCC, WOC. Anyway, um, we used to sing, I'll never forget, in Children's Church, we sang, and we actually sang in front of the whole congregation. It was, uh, Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say do. Use me, Lord, to show someone the way that enables me to say my storage is empty and I am available to you. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I used to love that song. It's one of my favorite all-time songs. And then it would go, ah, 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 ah. Anyway, I'm not going to spare you all that the rest of my singing. Um, where was I going with that? Just as God wants us to make ourselves available to him, he all he's always available. Like I've said before, he has an open door policy. You can come in. Like when you were in college, your professors would be like, their orientation, and they go over the syllabus. They would talk about how they had um, office hours from certain times, and they had an open door policy where you can come in anytime and talk about anything. God doesn't have office hours. His office hours are twenty four seven, and uh, he's always available. And the question is, are we going to make ourselves available to him? So, was there one more thing? Oh, yeah. It came up in the little class I went to tonight just about how when an old lion gets old, because there's a scripture in, I think it's John 10, 10, that says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came. Um, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but the, Jesus comes came to give us life and give it more abundantly or to the fullness or like the devil is like a roaring lion roaming around seeking whom he can devour and with somebody I think it was Juan <laughs> Juan is so cool he's a great guy I love that guy um like when I get his age I want to be like that dude he has so much swagger he always smells good and has like cool clothes on anyway uh he he's funny too he has like a really cool sense of humor but uh he was talking about how a lion went it was either him or josh baker our associate pastor was talking about how like when a lion gets old and they lose their teeth like the older lion what they'll do is they'll scare their prey into a trap so even though they can't attack you or bite you they'll scare you and make you run into a trap and I was like, man, that's exactly what happened to me. I was after my divorce and everything going on instead of like really seeking the Lord and seeking wise counsel and going to the people at my church like I should have. I was a, f a lot of my choices after my divorce were based on fear. And um, yeah, fear will cause you to do some dumb things. And so um all Satan and his demons can really do to you at times is yell at you or roar at you and make you run into different traps. And uh, only you know what those traps are. Some of you all might have fallen into some. I won't list all those traps I've fallen into. 
But um, yeah, just be aware, be on guard and ask the Holy Spirit for discernment on. And that's why it's really good to be. And then we're talking about like how Satan goes. He sends his demons to go after. Uh, when I picture demons, I think of hyenas, like a Lion King. That's a, a Lion King is like the best way to think of spiritual warfare for me. And uh, yeah, these hyenas, they laughing and mocking you and just annoyingly cackling all day. And um, they love to go after the weak, the maim, or like the the animals with a limp. They can't move as fast or, you know, who are older or slower. The ones that are um, away from the flock that are like alone and attack those because they're vulnerable but when you're with the flock when you're in the body of christ you're going into like you're part of it i don't care if your church body meets at a high v every week just being a part of a body of other christians just that hold you accountable and they can they can speak into your life and tell you like when you start sharing things with them they're like hey you know have you thought about this or i'm discerning in my spirit that you know, um, have you thought about doing this? You know, or, or have you thought about breaking off that relationship, um, that boyfriend, girlfriend that is not just drawing you away from the Lord, not drawing you close. I'll be able to speak into your life in a loving way. When you don't have that, it's easy to be attacked. So by the enemy and fall into his traps. And some traps can lead to a death that you You'll, if you're a believer, you'll spend eternity with Jesus Christ. You have to be absent of the body, you to be present with the Lord for the Christians. But for those who don't, who've never accepted Him as his Lord, as their Lord and Savior, I don't fully understand how that works. Because in my heart of hearts, I like to think you at least get one more chance of some sort. I don't know. I, I'm trying to be careful. I just think of the thief on the cross who accepted Jesus on the cross right before he died. I like to think that people at least get one more chance of some sort before they face judgment. Um, the I'm talking about with the eternal judgment where they'll spend eternity, not the um, what is it called? The uh, it's called the there's the judgment seat of Christ, but then there's also the uh, Rama judgment, the Great White Throne judgment. One there's one judgment where there's going to be awards or whatever in heaven. It's going to be better than any of the award shows we have here on earth. Um, anyway, I'm just encouraging those of y'all who are might think, oh, I don't need church. You know, forget that scripture that talks about not, you know, forsaking the assembly with other saints. There's a reason that's in the word. Uh, so I encourage you to find a good solid church where the word is preached or a group of other Christians who um, y'all can start a house church together so it doesn't necessarily have to be an actual building so alright I'm actually thinking about starting one at the local hy at some point where people I just meet regularly all right, Lord, thank you for this word. 
I thank you for those that made it all the way to the end of this recording, even though it's going on 45 minutes. I pray that their hearts and lives will be touched by the words of my mouth and that it will penetrate their hearts and they'll resonate in their minds. Help us, Lord, to not have an undivided mind. Give us an undivided, give us an, help us to not have a divided mind. Help us to have an undivided mind and to fear your name. Oh, we praise you with all of our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you have rescued our lives from the depths of Sheol. Even when Satan tries to come in with his lies and say different things and how we love to come and say that I'm not going to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you call me among your righteous, Lord, not because of anything that I've done, but because of what your son Jesus did on the cross. Thank you for your faithful love that's consistent even when we're, when we're not faithful. Thank you, Lord, that you are compassionate and gracious, a gracious God. You are slow to anger. You abound in, in faithful love and truth. Lord, turn to us, Lord, and be gracious to us, especially tomorrow as I go in and apply for a home, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you will give us, give me strength, Lord. And show me signs of your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that my enemies, Satan and his demons, will be put to shame. Because you, Lord, have helped and comforted me. Even in this moment where I'm dealing with so much feelings of loneliness and sadness. And wondering if I'll ever experience a covenant marriage relationship again, Lord. And how it's all going to work, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you comfort me um, as I prepare for bed. And for those also who are beloved to be in a marriage relationship again and experience comfort of a spouse, Lord, I just pray that they would experience your comfort, your comforting, comforting love, Lord. And your help for those single mothers or single fathers that will experience your help when they feel like they're overwhelmed or it's too much for them. Or yes, God, yes, send help, send comfort, Lord, to people that are divorced, who are single, who are um, yeah, just waiting on another spouse again, who would like to be married at some point. And uh, thank you, God, you're a good father, you're a gracious father, you're a kind father. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, 
we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name, I pray. Amen.